Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to Merkava Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who is awakened within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes as does not rec does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now let's welcome your host, Vaughn Gold, and her guest, Daniel Rekshan. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Thank you so much, Alex, for the wonderful introduction. That's wonderful. Okay, well, welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt, and today we talk about ET contacts via dreamscapes and meditations with research and hypnosis practitioner, Daniel Rection. So with that, Daniel, welcome to Merkava Chakras. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, that was a, just a delight to hear one of the podcast, the young podcast listeners. So your son has um, been listening to the podcast and he has my my script and everything memorized. <laughs> so does my daughter. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I love... We'll listen to it in the car and uh, have conversations about these topics, right? Of starseed, of of fifth dimension, and he'll often offer uh, very interesting perspectives that I I need to consider. And so it's it's really um, been such a blessing in our lives to have the your, the the podcast open up a space of conversation around these things. Yeah, but how old is your son? He's ten. He's ten. So he's so so for a ten-year-old podcast listener, uh, Macabre Chakras. What is his perspective in these topics of awakening, consciousness, fifth dimension, ancient Buddhism, star seeds, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff that we talk about? Um, what 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 is his thought on it? Yeah. Well, uh, so it's really interesting because his understanding comes from. Uh, experiential level uh so oftentimes he'll listen about the both the, the like the star seed communications the tolkien nature uh some of the uh telepathy or psi phenomena and, and just be really open to it and not bring those lenses of judgment or something and there's a sense of oh of course this is the way of course this is the way 
Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, that's it's sort of the energy that I uh, try emulating from him. Of course, this is the way that, uh, you know, star seeds happen, that uh, we are connected in these fifth dimensional ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I love, I love that. I love to hear that because um, I've, I've, I've gotten emails and I've heard this that like whole families are listening to the podcast, and um, you know, talking about these different topics and so forth is a whole different level of understanding, um, kind of our journey here um, as avatars in this incarnation and also as an experience within our greater eternal um persona within consciousness so we're going to talk a little bit more about the next level of that um kind of that alien ufo space and that star seed awakening consciousness space it's like a whole different next level um so we'll go into that a little bit later but before we go into your wonderful fascinating work um let's dig into how you went from being a shambhala buddhist and then became a dream researcher in ET contact. So how did you make that transition or how did you add that into your background? Yeah, um, I've been thinking a lot about this question about how to, how to describe that transition because it's definitely a strange transition. And um, I, I say, I, you know, I think it has to do with my life history, who I am as a person, who I uh, was before I came here, that sort of thing. But Particularly in thinking about how to explain that transition, I want to look back to a moment in December 2020 when I was sort of envisioning where I want to go in my life career-wise. And so I was engaging in manifestation practices, like what, what would I do if I had a million dollars, right? Like what would I do if I had 10 million? How would, I, how would that look and feel? And the thing I realized I, is that I would do hypnosis with people uh, regarding ET contact. So that's the thing I would do if I had $15 million, I would say, you know what, I don't need to worry about any of the judgments about me. I don't need to worry about anything like that. This is the thing I would do. And so I said a really heartfelt prayer to be of service to others in alignment with my destiny, my mission, and my desire. And in that prayer, I was very explicit. I want it to involve ET contact because it's on my heart. And I look back actually to my past 10 years of gaining credentials in hypnosis. I have a master's degree in psychology. I got training in shamanism and uh, meditation and stuff like that. And just didn't do anything professionally with it for five years, right? It just sat on my shelves. And then I said, I'm, I'm sick of waiting for someone to invite me into actualizing who I am. I'm just going to do it. And so I said that prayer. And the world really started responding and opening up. So, so what? So, what kind of modalities did you um, did you did you did you learn so that you can have those ET contact research, you know, cases? Yeah. So, uh, in terms of my education, I'm educated in classical liberal arts from St. John's College, and that is, it, it's. You know, I and I'm talking about it as a modality because it is uh, like the Western kind of exoteric or esoteric traditions, right? Really, is this philosophic kind of looking at Plato, looking at the Neoplatonists, looking at metaphysics and stuff. So 
that actually, I believe, is is some level of training. That's just this philosophy of liberal arts. So mm -hmm. if we look to the true meaning of liberal arts, it's around liberation. So um, from there, I studied uh, East-West psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies, looking at you know, practices of Eastern spirituality from a Western psychological point of view. Um, and that was interesting, but really uh, the thing I got really excited about was the actual practice with people. And so I studied dream work practices, variety of ways, core shamanism through like the work of Michael Harner. I studied Reiki, uh, energy mm -hmm. medicine. I studied, uh, what the strangest one for me was um, spirit communication, mediumship. Mm -hmm. uh, Lily Dale, uh, New York, the spiritualist there. I just happened to be a house sitter for a summer and it just so happened to be surrounded by like the foremost education in uh, spiritual, uh, American spiritualism. And it's just, I learned that. Um, and so in this case with the ET, I, I applied my education or training with depth hypnosis. Mm -hmm. so that's a modality that comes out of uh, Berkeley, California. Um, depth hypnosis, looking at shamanism, energy medicine, Buddhist practices, and also Western transpersonal work. Um, so I took that, I said, okay, that's probably good enough to work with ETs. Let's see how that goes. And I got maybe two months in and was just said, I can't do it. Like there's, there's so much more I need to understand. I think I have to bring in really Dolores Cannon's work, the quantum healing hypnosis stuff. And so I started looking out and that's how I found your podcast is I looked to, uh, I wanted to hear practitioners experiences working in the quantum modalities. And also I listened to your interview with Candice who convinced me, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll take the BQH training. And then uh, from there, it opened up uh, a whole, whole new world. And that the quantum, the quantum modalities are, are what is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that is exciting to hear. I love, 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 love to hear that. Because I've had, um, I've had about 70 episodes about 65 of them have been macabre chakras uh the five have been current events but i'm going back to the macabre chakras because that's pop that that is splitting off into a different podcast for that segment of audience um with regarding um current affairs but about 65 of them are all energy medicine different modalities and my hope when i started it was to just show the world that there's very different ways all over the world that we can connect to Christ consciousness or the Christ light within us all, um, which is source, universe, whatever we want to call it. Um, Buddhism calls it the crystalline consciousness or light, whatever you want to call it. But lots of different ways to connect to that. And everybody's at different levels of what their comfort is in making that connection. So, um, and so, you know, I have learned a lot of different modalities. I wanted to share a lot of the different modalities that I have learned to find that we were all finding different ways to connect to Christ consciousness within. And so it's nice to hear that the podcast listeners finally found one or two or five or 10 that they like. And a lot of them have something in common. They just love to learn metaphysics and find new ways to connect to the Christ light within. So I love to hear that. Now let's compare cases. So you're a hypnotist and you have a couple of different modalities, whether it's from your collegiate studies or whether it's from Dolores Cannon studies or BQH, you have a couple of different tools of hypnosis in your arsenal to use depending on the client, which is great because not every client is going to uh, 
be responsive to a specific one. Okay, the, not all shoes fit the sa- exactly the same. And so I love that. So in terms of comparing cases, what are the common themes that you get in your hypnosis clients? I mean, because I know from my personal example, I always get star seeds because I'm a life coach in the, in the others, on the other side. And I help plan a lot of the star seeds lives. So it makes sense. But there might be a theme that you constantly get. What is your constant theme? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> the experience of working with people uh, in hypnosis and ob- observing themes, um, that one of the first things I noticed after saying that prayer to be of service and having my clients start coming in was that uh, there were themes. There were definite themes, and they had to do actually with me at, the, at first, right? They were inviting me to wake up in certain ways. And I, I started thinking about this in terms of a healer's journey, so understanding that as within, so without, as without, so within those sorts of principles. And I, I started at first was working with um, the stranger sort of missing time phenomena, these mm-hmm. sort of like UFOs, the, the, like imagine the 90s X-Files, the little grays coming to steal you from your bed, put probes in or whatever, and then blast your memories. Or the other theme I was working with was some more of the, the darker kind of covert human activities, which you might hear as like the my lab style abductions. And this, those are the, I said, what is going on? Why am I receiving all these like dark stuff? I don't want to deal with it. And so it invited me to look within. And then as soon as I looked within and came to a place of uh, healing within uh, around my commitments to being of service to others, around uh, the purpose of integrating these experiences into a sense of embodiment of peace, love, and unity consciousness. So I really went through that and said, this is the only resolution to the interactions with these dark forces or whatever is love and unity. I have to love myself and all aspects of myself. And one of the expressions of that love is uh, kind of a universal forgiveness experience, not acceptance. Not, I will not accept sort of certain behaviors unfolding in the world, but we can forgive it like a, we might forgive a child sort of and hold that understanding. And so once I, once I achieve that understanding, it, it basically now I have this pattern of working with clients where it's like, oh, turns out you're a psychic, turns out you're a starseed, surprise, like let's work through that and activate you um, to uh, do the purpose. So that's really the right. theme of the, the psychic starseed with a purpose. Yeah. Right, right. So, so in, in these cases, so it sounds like the cases that you typically are receiving from the universe I mean, you're going to get the normal, I, I just want to have a better career. I just want to, you know, and that's normal. But then, but then when, when you're doing the hypnosis or you're doing the meditation, hypnosis is just deep meditation in, in Buddhism. We have thousands of scripts and all of them work differently. So, um, so the hypnosis in different modalities like the Lord's Canon, BQH, the classical hypnosis, they all different scripts. All they do is they put you into a certain, um, framework of mine um and then you can connect to your consciousness and you know go see the information that you need so when you're working with these cases you're saying that you co- commonly get abduction um images right from your clients 
Yeah, about half the time there's something that I would I, I now use the word so-called abduction, right? Uh-huh. Abduction because the, the actual experience that I see is something more likely. We we might use the term contact phenomenon. These are highly uh, telepathic experiences that have psychic qualities to them that may or may not be expressed through a dreamlike experience, may or may not be expressed through physical objective things like lights in the sky, visitations of beings, movement of clocks, or whatever. Right, know, right. So, um, there are themes in that, and commonly people will say, you know, uh, I have this experience, it was eight years ago, whatever. I, I, what it was, ex- give, give, give us some examples of, because I'll give you some examples of some of my star seeds um, cases, which I've, I could talk about because they already let me publish their, their audio on the podcast. So I've already done that on that playlist. So, but I can tell you some of, some of the, the ones that I have, and I've also met um, through lucid dreaming that seem real but i wake up out of it but anyways i've also met some of their star families as well and so i could tell you some of some of that but i want to hear as another practitioner of hypnosis and meditation with these star seed clients what what are like tell us a case of uh one specifically that really stuck with you oh that would be the the first case this is He's a good friend of mine now, and we did a CE5 together, and we're planning on doing more, and there's more work unfolding between us. But really, uh, when I said, uh, let me be of service, right, I was guided, actually, to this client, and it, uh, the guidance was kind of a, a message in my ear. It said, Google CE5 levels, so I can follow what's there, and I did, and I found myself sitting across the desk from um, the Ford dealership manager. And he was like, this is so crazy. I'm talking to a hypnotist. I have a missing time experience in Atacama Desert three years ago that was a pre-programmed sighting. So this is a whole vast array. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Rama missions or Ricardo Gonzalez or any of these things, but it's a sort of an effort to do a human self-development work. And part of that involves the practical encounter with these beings. So it's not the purpose of these things whatsoever is to have an So anyways, he goes down there three years ago, has this experience that is filmed, is actually filmed of him leaving the camp and coming back an hour later going, I don't remember what happened for an hour. And people are freaking out. It's like you can tell something's happening. And at the same time, there's a UFO blinking that's being recorded by like, like thousands of dollars of equipment. So he has this missing time experience, right? And it's, it, there's all these notions related to it. Um, but that experience of going into the hypnotic state, exploring that and having the actual objective evidence that indeed an event took place. And then also the subjective interior experience has been a very beautiful. And so that's been a sort of teaching, teaching a session for me as to what is possible, how these things unfold. And from then, it's, I've actually had much more um, ease with working with the missing time phenomenon than with mm-hmm. this. Like, like, if it's not recorded, if people are easy. They're like, oh, wonderful. I met my star family. I know my purpose. I move on. But yeah. Some, you know, uh, dialogue going on with reality and stuff. Like well, that. what is it? Is there like a common theme on the dialogue when they, um, when they communicate with their alien collective star family whatever you want to call it what is the common is there like a common theme that that is being told well, i can tell you my my understanding but i want to hear it from you what you're getting the common theme is around embodiment 
actually and purpose right so it, it's a lot of times people go they, they experience a sense of love and go oh thank god there's a sense of relief oh thank god right there's that sort of feeling like oh thank god oh here's the purpose is not what i thought it was like it maybe it's very specific maybe not so there's two two things that surprise people one is there's a highly specific message of you have to do this there then how why here's a formula to give to someone whatever is sort of like spycraft right mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the other thing is like don't worry about it enjoy your life here on earth and connect in love with yourself and others and those are the two things i think yeah yeah so so what i because i i have been doing this my whole life and be you know consulting people with six senses unofficially officially um and then you know with the modality of uh the wonderful dolores cannon and qhht with her modality for in person and then i also um have take clients around the world uh, through remote with the BQH script. So lots of different ways to work with clients. And the common themes that I get is that one, they're here as explorers of what the heck is this whole life as a human being on earth is. And the thing that I, I have, I've been doing this since like 2012, 20, yeah, but 2012 um, with the, with the hypnosis. But the thing, and I, and I want you to stop me if there's some some things that um, that pique your interest. I've gotten clients who, um, you know, they think they're in their human avatar and thinking this life is so boring. I don't know if I should, should do anything else except you know all that talk that we do to ourselves. And what comes through from the collective is um, these, and even from source, uh, these boring human lives that we think are so boring are actually envied in the universe just to just to get up and then go to work do whatever you do for your livelihood spend time with your family and friends have leisure time to go on vacation you could dress whatever you want and you have your own unique identity etc et all these these things that make up our life we seem it's so boring and, and everything else but for many aliens they actually kind of envy our simple, peaceful lives that we have, because that is not their life. They are doing all these different missions, or they're, they're living out all these starseed wars, or everybody's just so unified and the same. There's no uniqueness. I mean, there's a lot of different areas of the galactic that um, when they look at our, our basic life are going, this is so fascinating. <laughs> you know, and so it is actually very envy. So that's that's kind of a, a a wake up call for a lot of of a lot of my clients who are who realize that they are star seeds, and they have experienced so many different interplanetary things before this life, and this is just one pit stop in their existence of eternity. And this one little pit stop, when they compare it to all the other things, is actually a is actually a gift. It's like a little treasure. Your life is just to live a hundred or so years just being a mom a dad having friends and just having loving relationships that's it and and so they're like well that's that was i made that i made life too hard <laughs> so so that's 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 one thing that is the common theme is just kind of the it's almost like awakening the wake up that um this whole reality all the things i talk about in my buddhism books um this whole reality is created 
by you and also by the collective and it's source having a little experience through you and it's like well what does source want to do today is this how you want to live this blimp of experience in creation the other the other thing also is um, the starseed families they want to help them kind of like be more conscious and awakened to the reality but they also want them to have the best experience and not getting their own way not get into the 3d hang-ups of of our you know keeping up the the, the joneses or the robinsons always constantly you know the, the the human struggles that we self-create they want them to get out of those way get understand them for the purpose grow from them and get them out of the way so they can experience the most and the best of of this current reality and life because they are studying every single aspect of their starseeds lives and they want to know well what is dating like well, that's interesting what's love one person like well that's interesting what's being a parent like oh my god that's interesting what do you do when they do that you know what do you mean you just sit there and lay down and just kind of like sleep half the day what's that's like you know what's friendship like you know whatever so all these different concepts that we take for granted the starseed families they're studying those experiences directly by studying and watching their starseed incarnate their starseed human incarnate do those things and um and the higher the consciousness and the field that they get the more they can make those contact and instant connections much more easily because it's all about frequency so um so that's that's the common themes that's the common kind of outcome that i get from all my star seasons. they're like oh okay i figure out why i i'm where i am i get out of my own way and now i want to know what to do with my six senses how do I utilize that etc cetera, etc cetera. so what kind of six senses have your clients um, been um, awakening within themselves in this process through you as the, yeah. as their as their facilitator okay yeah. so most of the six senses uh, have to do with intuitive uh, in, intuition uh, clairvoyant perception clear audience um, there's generally some, I mean, nothing as exotic as like personal mandala effect, which I've been uh, very excited, you know, just to even have that as a concept in my field since the, your work. Um, but the, the activation, right, is sometimes, sometimes it is towards this feeling, um, sort of healing modality. More often than not, it is something like, um, it seems as if each person carries within themselves a uh, specific frequency, or I, sometimes I imagine it like a glass of water, right? That holds something. And so they have mm -hmm. this in their in their field and their hearts, and they it, it's emanating knowledge and wisdom, right? So it's and and so really my work, I see myself as a facilitator, is to connect with that with that bit of source, with that spark of divinity. In the six senses, whatever they are, are the, the means to that connection. So oftentimes we'll do an exploration within the hypnosis session. And it's like, how are you getting knowledge, right? Like, how does knowledge come to you? Is it through audio? Is it through visual? Is it through feeling? Is it through knowing? What's going on? And so then we start isolate going, like, okay, this might be a clairvoyant. This might be clairaudient. Oh, you're telling me about your dreams. You're a dreamwalker, right? Like, I know that sort of thing. So... But um, in terms of the work I do with the sessions, it, I'm more focused around activating that sense of 
conviction and connection, right? I can feel one of my six senses, right? It's like when someone comes in, I know some, like if, if they speak from that point of view of intuition, and oftentimes they go like, I had this experience four years ago. Uh, I had missing time. I had this dream and I think this thing about it, but everyone mm -hmm. else says it's crazy. I go, oh, oh, oh. No, you're perceiving that wisdom through your six sense. Let's activate that. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge that you have this intuitive perception and, and go from it and do the world that. Right, right. Now, let me ask you, Daniel, have you ever had any um, contacts with any of your clients' um, collectives? Yeah, so... Um, Tell us about it. Uh, so in terms of the collectives, actually, you've been talking about... the. Um, uh, you, you, you sent over the question about in terms of lucid dream experiences. Um, I actually have not, I was thinking about it. I haven't had a dream per se of the collectives. Um, what happens to me oftentimes is the night before, and even like in this communication uh, with you and me, I had a dream before. And what was oh, really? Dream? It was, it's a very vague, right? So it's very okay. vague. I'm, I'm walking through, uh, you know, it feels like on earth, I have this expanded awareness of the of the atmosphere and that's actually a quality of dream that i i observe something and then frequencies come in and they don't have any concepts or whatever it's just frequency and i wake up and i just and with that frequency for a while and go oh, all right they must have communicated something i'll just i'll just go from there um the actual communications i have with wait now wait 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 now so you had a dream prior to prior to re to us connecting you had a dream that you were talking to me and you my, my frequency just came into your perception? No, uh, it, was, it was even more vague than that. And I'm bringing this up just to share with you my experience of how these collectives come and visit and how wisdom comes through a lot of times. It's like I have like a, oh, that was a weird dream. Like all I remember is just sort of being outside or like in this space and the knowledge or wisdom coming in, sort of this emotionality. What is that? What are those emotions? I don't know. What are these frequencies or knowledge? I don't, I don't actually know. And I used to try to like write it down and figure it out conceptually. And now I say, you know what? Whatever that was will inspire me at the right time to say the right thing. Right. To be open in the right way. Um, yeah. Right, right. So, because um, the reason why I ask is because, so for me, not always, but I've had, like, I'll tell you an example. I had a client um, come in, and he's a starseed. He ended up being a starseed. And he was a young, young adult in his early 20s, just trying to figure out life, um, like many young adults are. But anyway, so he came in, and um, before he had, had come in, I actually had a dream that there were these about six, about six feet tall, five to six feet tall, gold energy beings. Just they, they looked like fire, but it was all gold, like just radiant gold fire energy beings. And they were in um, my the bottom of my bed. And I woke up and I looked at them. And I didn't feel anything negative. I just was looking at them. And then one of them touched my foot. And I immediately woke up. All of a sudden, when I immediately woke up, they were not in my my room. I was in my bed, but I immediately woke up when when that um, golden energy being touched my leg, and I ran out into the hallway to try to find it because I know my dreams. I am have always been conscious of my dreams since I was little, and I have always changed my dreams within my dreams. If I didn't like something, 
and I, I learned this long time ago when I was a kid. If I didn't like something that was tormenting in my dreams, I would automatically put like a um, a fluffy bunny in there to go chase that you know bully away or whatever the deal was. So I would always manipulate my dreams and just kind of just put something in there. Um, so I'm very I remember everything. Uh, so I immediately woke up, ran into the hallway, didn't didn't see anything. I was like, hmm, that was very interesting. The next day, my client came in. And one of his lifetimes was he was a space explorer in a planet of those exact gold beating gold beings. And he had described exactly what they look like. And, uh, and, um, and, and I am talking to them um, through him. And they basically said, he's an explorer. He came to our planet. And we really wanted to help him with this lifetime because he is exploring what consciousness is like as a human and really struggling to understand how to get the most best experience out of the human experience. So that's why we sent him to you because you're going to rip the bandaid off him and send him on his way, which is my typical style. I'm not, I'm not kind of the, Oh, it's okay. I'm more like, no, it's not okay. <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> so um, it, different styles, for everybody, but anyway, so he came through and we, we went through his stuff and, you know, um, did his session, but that was one of the, the context I've had another one I had where um, I had a huge gray humanoid and in my backyard I'm feeling this really tall gray humanoid in my backyard and I can't see it I'm looking around my backyard this is one of a daytime and this is kind of dust and I'm like "Mm." and I'm like well I can't see you but I know you are there Um, because I just sense it like there's a presence. And so um you so you're you're not revealing yourself. But um you know whatever you need, just send it on as automatic telepathic communication. Just send the information in my dream. I'm welcome to take any information in my dream, not in my waking state, because I already have a lot going on. But in my dream, when I'm in, in dreamland, sure, send the information and, and I'll be happy to. And then I had another client. And she's a starseed, and her starseed family are uh, these tall gray beings. And um, they actually exist within a dimension between our dimension and their dimension. That's how they can. And she was prompted to come to um, get a session with me because she always felt them. But one day she actually saw one in the hallway of her house, Mm. like physically saw one. She was not dreaming. And she, it scared her and she ran and it ran off. And so she came to see me and we had the conversation. I had a conversation with that collective and they said, we don't know why she's able to see us. She's never able to see us. We just wander around invisible. She's never able to see us for some reason. It was the first time she was ever able to see us or what we actually look like, what she looks like in that form when she is one of us. And so we're not trying to scare her or, and so we, you know, we went over her whole um, lineage with, with that, with that collective. And again, they're just studying what humans are like and what is the deal of humanity? Cause they don't understand ego and they don't understand why we torture each other the way we do. Um, because if we knew the greater everything, then that would be 
such child's play. <laughs> There's so many other things to do. So anyways, but they're just studying uh, all her struggles and everything else. And just, you know, they want to kind of help her out to kind of get out of her own way so she can create her best experience during this lifetime so they can get the most information to study from her. She's kind of, um, what, what do you, what do you call that when when somebody's in mission or um like a field agent she's a field agent yes yes all of these starseeds are field agents for their collectives so and they have different purposes but anyway she's a field agent and they're just really really trying to understand that they're trying to understand humans so when we get to the point where we're in a higher enough frequency to exist in physical not in dreamscape they at least know how to communicate and work with us and relate to us right now we are alien to them <laughs> so, so i've had those and those are just two examples um I, you know i had another one where i met um humanoid humanoid mermaids <laughs> at my beach house and um it, you know and and it was like a dream like my husband and i had we both, both woke up and i told him but the weirdest dream and then he told me I said what was your dream and he told me I was like I had the same dream how is it that we both have the same exact dream of these um humanoid mermaids who came through a portal in the water and they just ran through the canal and just randomly decided to just check out our area and then they saw our energy it was like oh these are these are friendly humans that we could trust them they have good auras and they came up and and we first we ran away and then it's and then the telepathy said Oh, we're totally we're 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 friendly, and so then then we stopped, and then we talked to them, and we welcomed in, had had um some refreshments with them, just kind of talked about you know what are you doing, and they're just like we're just exploring, um, but anyways, I had a client who is from that mermaid collective from the Sirius constellation, yeah. um, so anyways, um, and again. Another classic example, just trying to understand humanity. And this is the time in humanity where a lot of stuff goes down. So there's a lot to learn and get a crash course in a small bit of time. So those are, those are the cases that I've had. Um, and with the cases that you've had, have you, you know, have you talked to any of their collectives um, through the different modalities? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that comes out for me oftentimes, right, in, in terms of the way I, I do the work is um, in the consultation session, I will invite them to um, do something like a dream integration. So we go through like what hypnosis is, which is like you just said, you know, guided meditation, it's got a, uh, scripts to relax, invitations, that sort of thing. And then, so then I have a conversation about uh, are they willing to have contact as a, you know, if they're curious about Starseed, I often go, you know, uh, just so you know, like you have a team and these are space people, right? People from space that have an agenda. And like, mm -hmm. like you said, they're learning about us and they also have per like personality, like they're sort of, it is kind of unfolding. They're not, they're not necessarily like what you might imagine. 3,000 year advanced beings or whatever traveling in spaceships, they, they have, uh, they're relatable in a certain way and also not relatable. So I go through that conversation. Say, are you willing to open these doors within yourself that you've sort of kept shut? That's the, yeah. And then I have that whole conversation. And at the end of it, I say, well, you know, well, 
I'll invite you to do a session. Sounds like you want to, but in the next week or so, something will come up for you. A dream, a meditation, a feeling, a thought, whatever. Um, and I'm going to ask you about it. So just be open to it. And just know that I'm going to ask you about a dream, a vision, or some other communication that will guide us. And so after saying that, they say, okay, great, whatever. Like, let's do our session. But the session comes up and invariably I say, all right, well, uh, did you have a dream, a feeling, a meditation, or whatever? Um, and they say, yeah, and I don't know how to make sense of it. And then we'll do something like a dream regression into it. Maybe, um, maybe we'll go straight into B2H type induction, whatever. Um, but we'll enter that space of communication that's really active for them because of that dream experience. And if that was some of the magic of the session, right, that we established the contact or the channel between the, the individual and the higher self, that's you know, the, the whole being that's expressing itself, um, and also through the collective. So mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, I mean, we always get to the, like, there's, there's, generally several voices that come up from uh, different perspectives. So this might be their soul collective. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're dealing with a sense of multidimensionality where someone was from Sirius, someone is Zeta, someone is a hybrid, someone is like, they're all of it all at once sort of thing. Mm -hmm. and so uh, what I see is counselors showing up, a council of like an Andronoman and like a, got a Pleiadian. They're together, these tall and short beings, these energy these physical they're all there present they're all like um they'll speak through the client they'll speak directly in that again is that how they speak through the client depends on the client sixth sense is it clear audience is it no is it is it actually channeling which is a wonderful experience like that channeling through the, the spoken yeah word. um is it is it telepathic that sort of thing so um it, that that unfolds in every single session like I've I've not had a session that is around EP contact that doesn't have it. Um, and often, you know, I've I'm slowing down I've been slowing down my cadence of sessions, but remember four months after saying that certain, I have been on the phone for two weeks straight and every single call I've been talking to some sort of ET, right? Like, <laughs> like little grays and then like like star beings and all this stuff coming up to help accomplish the intention of the client, right? So it's not just for me. Like going on a wonderful, uh, right, right, voice, really to accomplish the intention of the client. And it's such an honor and privilege to serve as a facilitator in moving through those energies because it's really. Oh, well, now you're you're. I just want to I just want to remind you the business side of this. Your time is valuable too. So, um, you know, make make sure that as a business person, you you have uh, you're you're charging for your consultation um appointments as well so uh, just as a reminder everybody because when you get into this space and I, I talked to this with a lot of my um podcast listeners who they listen to all the different episodes they pick a modality and they they run with it and then they start getting clients and it's so easy to go through hours and hours of just chitty chatter and never really book that appointment or never really like you know go get to the business aspects of it so just a reminder for everybody um, about that so when you're talking to your potential clients as you're trying to get you as you're getting them booked or as you are doing their sessions um and you're talk you're talking to their collective is there like a theme that you get with their collective oh um 
with the specific the the council like he, there's like generally a representative that explains like past life stuff to them, a representative that explains the mission stuff. The the actual collectives that are present uh, in my work are like Theadian, Arcturian, Spirian, Andronaman, Lyran, Vogan. Um, these are just different words of constellations to some right. people, but some people it actually carries energy and feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you're getting the they're getting the A team, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, the the uh, grades are actually more present than I expect in these experiences. Um, the the both the constructed life form they talk about, right? The the sort of sh- short robotic grades, and also the taller grades, right? So those mm-hmm. those are present as well. And some of the themes with that is the short grades are somewhat difficult to talk to. Um, you know, they they like really uh they they really aren't willing to engage in a lot of telepath telepathy, but really mm-hmm. if you ask them the right question, they'll they'll get you uh talking to the right person. Right? So, they'll get you their boss. They'll get you their yeah. boss. Yeah, they'll, they're they're just a, yeah, they'll get you their boss. They're just a little they're just a little on the totem pole. Uh they they, they have um they have it's kind of like they're like the, the, the first level army. <laughs> They'll get you the sergeant. <laughs> You're asking questions that's beyond my pay grade. I only know how to do a couple of different things. I, I just knew, I just do the abductions. Everything else is, <laughs> I'll, I'll get you to my, the, 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 the master sergeant for you for that. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the experience I have with working with a uh, Mark, Mark people. So uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the phenomenon, but, uh, people will have phenomena that are very much like abduction uh, scenario where they have marks on their body afterwards using the injection wounds. There might be markings, there might be another thing. There's a lot of different meanings between all these different types of markings. Markings, And a lot of the theme, the, the, this is where the grays come in. Right? They, they, they involve these markings and people get freaked out about them because they, they're scary, right? They have this physicality that you can't imagine. What kind of what kind of markings? Can you describe what some of the markings so like audience listeners who are relating to this specific story can go? Ooh, I think I yeah, recognize them. So two types of markings I, I end up working with. One is something like a dot and triangle. So these have a sort of uh, actual form to them that uh, are like look like and they look like wounds. They look like something like burn wounds, something like scratch wounds. And they mm-hmm. have different qualities, like they heal faster. The other type of wound uh, marking that I work with is the red grid mark phenomenon. And this is a very fascinating phenomenon that uh, it appears like like a grid of dots, like 12 dots in a rectangular grid or some mm-hmm. circle pattern. A couple times you see these really beautiful plot circle like things, uh, but mm-hmm. most of the time they're just a grid. And they are not raised, they're not invented, they're not itchy, they're not whatever, they're just red. <laughs> you know, and so there's like a, there's a beauty, it's a mystery, right? And so- yes, yes, I had a client like that where um, he uh, lifted his shirt up and there was this kind of like, a, almost like a cosmic crop circle on his chest, it like literally his whole chest, and it was a little bit red and it came up and then he went away, I was like, what was that's different. That's like the, it, I was like, that's like the best sun tan mark ever. <laughs> it's too bad it didn't stay. It looked like a sun tan mark and it did, didn't stay. Um, but I, I guess I've tried to get a camera to take a picture of it. Um, but 
that was the only one and only time I ever saw um, something that elaborate in somebody on somebody's chest for a brief moment. But um, they also, I was asking about the marks, like what kind of marks do you typically see? Do you, now, when in your when you're doing research, do you ca- do you like categorize some of this stuff? Like, well, this mark shows, and then this mark, you know, so the people can like look at it, and be like, ooh, I know that mark, or that one looks like the one that I have all of a sudden, or whatever. Well, that's a really good question because I do have a lot of uh, research side in this whole mission around citizen science and collecting data and analyzing. But really, that's uh, that that I I have thought right. The purpose of science is to untold truth and understand the world. And really, my understanding now is the purpose of all of these things is to embody the frequencies of peace, love, and unity. And that's it. So. Yeah. Uh, my 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 it's that's so simple it's <laughs> in science is because it's participatory and it, and, and you go oh you want to help it's like so in terms of the red grid market like there's an invitation to uh do a, a survey right so if there's like a facebook group and i i like offered some thoughts around that but it's not necessarily like you need to prove anything because people are people know the things that they know in their experiences Invite right. Them. Right. Yeah. I know you have a mobile app called Dreamwell that that people can get to kind of help them induce that dreamscape, so they can try to make that first contact with their um, it, the, the Starfeet family or with whatever collective um, they're thinking about. And I do love your research on Exo Metaverse website. Um, I think you said you you did it with your brother and you and a couple other friends. Um, all this the website and the apps you guys are building. Yeah, so it's a little bit uh, a couple few different partnerships happening. This is this is again something that was unfolding after that prayer I said to be a service to others. I took this vision. I had this vision for web applications. Vision I started working with a couple different teams actually to unfold this. Thing. The Dreamwell app, which you can see at dreamwellbewell.com, and it is launching within a week or two, uh, as soon as it's ready. So uh, it is a small team of about six people, and two of them are my brothers, and we're all actually, in fact, experts in the thing we're doing. So I'm an That's great. expert with dreams. My brother is an expert in app design and, and uh, marketing and that sort of thing. He's working with a, a developer. We're working with a developer for money. The apps he worked on, which is app of the year. So there's like a lot of excitement around. What Starsey family are you? Is your family? Is you and your brothers from? Are you Dramadins? So that's a. It's an interesting thing. I have a twin brother, uh, and his name's William, and I'm I'm Daniel. Um, I have I have active knowledge of past lives. I have active knowledge of Starsey connection. He doesn't. He is. He has a. He has an Earth vibration. So uh, I have a star vibration. He has an Earth vibration. It's probably just too much for him to try to get. Some people just want to focus. What you know, like the white noise. I just need to focus. That's all I could do is focus on, um, on just the human, the human consciousness at this time. But so, but but you have you have knowledge. So which star seed, um, which which uh, planet system are is your original soul from? Originally, I I would say it's from. Uh, a sun, a plant, uh, a star. Actually, it's a solar consciousness within the Pleiades. That Pleiades itself branched off uh, aeons ago to different, uh, different, different places, and now they're they're sort of coming back together in, in this awakening. Um, 
Right, right, right. So, so it's an it's a it's an offshoot of the Pleiades, um, Pleiades um, dimension. Uh, I get a lot of Pleiadian um, star seeds as well. And you got that through your your dream work and your different modalities about yourself. That's how you found it about yourself, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I I learned I, I observed like when I was a kid. Right, I set up my I, I had a telescope and I set up my telescope. And you know anything about telescopes? You set it up to the north star, and you arrange all of the gears around that sort of thing uh, so it can track the movements of the stars. I would actually set it up first to look at the Pleiades and then make the make the calculation. So it was like because I could find it and it felt like something. So that that's I've had experiences like that throughout my life and um, really coming to the understanding of what Starseed is, it came up out of my experiences actually in Buddhism, the Chambala Buddhism, sitting for a month long in meditation, right? Like in, in letting these things sort of unfold. And I, I came to the conclusion after that, that I, uh, something like Tolku was happening, something around intentional incarnation. I actually thought I entertained the notion for three months or something that like the Tolku nature was so strong and the intentionality. I was like, was I a Lama in his past life? Was I was I from Tibet or something? Does this let is explain it? But then I, I I like opened up the Dolores Cannon stuff and saw the symptomology of like depression and not wanting to be in the world and, and that sort of thing. I I from there I, I really you know I gotta I gotta accept this about myself. I said to him. I did daily meditations to accept this knowledge embody it right right well you know and and the the thing with like whether it's shambhala buddhism tibetan buddhism you know all the different the the, the different um offshoots that have come 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 out it's it's all just different ways of just seeing the, the holographic reality the original base goes back to and this is in a book research project i eventually get back into um goes back into lemurian Buddhist folklores, which the original base of the Lemurian Buddhist folklores go back to the star siege origins of the Dramadans, Arturians, and a lot of these ancient uh, folklore uh, ancestries um, that came here, explored, started these different civilizations, and then over time, you know, we come to what we are now. But those folklore technologies those folklore technologies and folklore um, ancestry still lives in the deep art of Buddhism. Um, you just have to know how to read it. And those the, the two books that I have written on Buddhist mandalas explaining the symbology of, of that um, is there. And it will go into more of the what the, the folklore and the folklore archaeology goes even further back into Lemurian and our starseed backgrounds. Um, just like I have with the Buddhist mandalas explaining and showing people physical evidence of the linkage. But um, the thing is, is that we're, we're trying to get back into full circle to reconnect with our ancient ancestors. But in order to connect with our ancient ancestors, we have to be in a frequency in which we can communicate, see them, and they can see us without freaking us out. So, um, and that's where the consciousness comes into. We have to be in that field of consciousness um, to be able to comprehend uh, this wealth of information. Um, so, 
it's kind of like finding out you're adopted. Some people freak out like, oh, my God. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those mind blowers. So you have to be in a certain um, consciousness and maturity to be able to comprehend that, you know, maybe you were adopted. Um, just as a basic explanation. So I love the mission statement that you guys do of Exo, Exo Metaverse. Um, and I also was looking at that website and I saw that you guys made the leap from researching U UFOs and aliens. And I, and the website, it said that you guys had about 300,000 Reddit subs. Um, whereas for the topic of star seeds and spiritual awakening, there was about 6,700 Reddit subs, which is actually very common because many people from the previous generation of UFO and alien research is all about, you know, the spaceship and the aliens, like the, like the physical basic 3D stuff. I, you know, that's been around, so it makes sense that there's a high interest in that. But the star seeds and the spiritual awakening aspect of it is very multidimensional because these, the alien, the the senior aliens, the advanced ones, the very, very advanced ones, the ones who originally, according to Buddhist folklore, seeded us, uh, like the Aturians, the Lemurians, the Pleiadians, all that kind of stuff. Um, they they this in a realm of multidimensionality, portals, consciousness, manipulating um, the hologram, and working with Christ consciousness in creating the hologram and navigating and living within the hologram. So these are very, very advanced topics that very few people even can even comprehend and understand. Um, and so it makes sense that the interest in star seeds and spiritual awakening and kind of that next level understanding of UFOs and ufology um, is not as popular because people haven't quite, you know, accepted or understood that whole world yet. So what does your research and your team's research do in terms of trying to kind of enlighten people? about what their understanding of star seeds and a spiritual awakening is because everybody has a different interpretation. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so the work with Exo Metaverse is unfolding with a team um, and that is a team of, of beautiful researchers and participants and volunteers who are coming together, oftentimes through dream symbols or they've been guided through, you know, so it's, it's beautiful and I just want to give credit uh, to all of them. It's, it's such an opportunity and a blessing to work with. So our first strategy was like, uh, well, like I said, it's a citizen science, so it's in an invitation for people to participate on their own or and report back to us. So that, that's one form of, of research. The other form of research we're doing is looking at numbers, like how many people are on those subreddits. And we understand that it's important to look at those numbers because of the proportionality of the collective unconscious, right? If, yeah. If, if we... 10 times that number of people interested in star seeds, like really something different will unfold uh, as to where we can. Um, so that's one of the things we're, we're just doing. We're just saying, hey, yeah. this is the size of the world right now. What, what, if, we, what if we made it bigger? And, and so we hope that it serves as an inspiration to people to see all of those charts. You know, it's like ET stuff, uh, star seed stuff, psychic awakening. They're all having this... Um, we, in data analysis, they called it the hockey stick curve. Yeah. Curve that all of the viral websites want. 
right? So this is going viral. This is going to take over the world uh, in soon. Just looking at these things, it's, going, it's the next big app. It's like psychic communication with your uh, EP friends or whatever. That's the thing that's unfolding. In the yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it will be it will be interesting because we 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 added a new aspect to um to this which is the transhumanism aspect of it so there's some transhumanism aspects in humanity right now that is going to continue to grow and accelerate um and that will be interesting in how that factors in with um christ consciousness um within our reality and within other collectives as well because there's some advanced advanced collectives do have a merge of consciousness in their technology consciousness technology um but yet um they still maintain organic most of like like within the the starseed um collectives of arturians and the um Andromedans and Pleiadians, all the really ancient ones they've gone so far that basically um they're organic but then they also have consciousness technology that is so um div- advanced that you can't tell you can't tell the difference you know, so like those little grays, you can't tell that they're consciousness technology, whereas the, the, the sergeants, the superior, the, t- the taller ones, those are actually the organic ones. And they usually don't get into um, they usually don't get into the labor because they're, they're real. So they're kind of fragile, you know, <laughs> so um, but um, so that goes into my next questions about the aliens among us research. So what did you guys uncover in your research so far in terms of aliens among us? Explain that please. Yeah. So that, that refers, I believe you're looking at the numbers coming from the subreddit alien among us. And so that, that, I mean, that's all, all of these, all of these things are just like, Hey, this is the size of the, this is the size of the interest we're seeing in that subreddit. We see a lot of sort of talk about, uh, shapeshifters and, uh, ETs being here or also, uh, that, that kind of thing. So there was a, a there's an interesting, um, vibe to that. And I, I, you know, I wanted, I, I was interested by this question because of the, the uh, experience I have personally had in working with people. Uh, tell us, tell us. Stuff like that. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, so, when we talk about reptilian humanoid shapeshifters, right, or, or something like that, like there is this edge of uh, conspiracy theory that I want to just name, mm-hmm. right? So there's this, all these theories about uh, reptilian humanoids as royalty or something like that. You catch them on tape, you, you, whatever, they're out there. Um, I didn't know whether or not to believe it, actually, until I, I started getting clients where, like, I was in this van and I saw their pupils change. And it actually did. And I... As a practitioner, I go, wow, that's actually real. They had that experience because I, I can, I can tell whether or not someone, where, what level that experience is. And you have these, these actually physical experiences of seeing these beings as humanoids shift into something else. Right. So that's fascinating to me. But I also wanted to point to another quality that, uh, that comes up as a theme in terms of the past life, a couple of past life, um, stuff with clients who have lives as dragons or have mm-hmm. lives as reptilians, right? And um, my own personal experience in working with uh, shape-shifting reptilians is actually uh, what's surprising to me. But uh, so I've, I've been, a, like I said, a student of the classical liberal arts and dreams. So as such, I was very inspired by Asclepius, 
right? So Asclepius, you might recognize him as the originator of the symbol of medicine, right? The Caduceus, the, the staff and the snake. Asclepius is, is straight up a time traveling, uh, E.G. humanoid reptilian, right? Like mm -hmm. that's what he is. He's, he's like yep. he's defined as a reptilian humanoid that transforms into a different animal and human shape. But he's actually present in the world of dreams and uh, Western literature. It's, it's the basis of Western medicine is this reptilian shapeshifter. So the message that I, I have, because it's so close to my heart, is that the aliens among us actually point to the fact that our own experience, at least from the point of view of Western medicine and philosophy, it is uh, these shapeshifters are core to that experience in a way that is so obvious that you can't actually, you, you, it's easier to believe in the queen, the queen transforming into a reptilian drinking blood or whatever than believing that uh, these reptilian humanoids are central to our experience. But that's what, that's what we see. And I, I, I'm sure you can speak about like Nagas or stuff like that from the Eastern community. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of um there's a there's a lot of artwork in um Buddhist artwork where, you know, we're depicting the mermaids and um the especially in Laos, um the mermaids who also project themselves as um people. Um uh, there's a lot of folklore around around that. Um and there's just a lot of folklore around um you know, just yeah, you know, different shape shifting people. When I was in when I was in Laos, I I tell you a story. When I was in Laos last time visiting different monasteries, that just to check the artwork that uh, my mother had commissioned, um, we went off, kind of off grid into this foresty area to meet this um, kind of this rain this rainforest shaman, and he's Buddhist too, but he's just. Um, shaman so um the, the, but my mother was talking to him and they, they, they're doing their thing just doing a simple blessing uh ceremony but what i noticed very interestingly was that um he had in his arms all his veins were kind of like uh grid pattern on his arms uh, when they were doing the ceremony and it was kind of like raised, I was like, well, that's really interesting. That doesn't look like normal veins. And, um, and his skin kind of looked, it looked a little bit kind of like scaly, but not totally scaly. And it, it, I, I was just sitting there watching it and I was just kind of, I know I'm not tripping. I'm not on anything. I'm not, I'm just completely sober. But I was just sitting there watching it and I'm just sitting there watching them do this these ceremonies and I guess he's like really into that trance he's really into the zone that his skin started to change in front of me and it literally looked almost reptilian like skin and I asked him about that and he said oh you saw that and you know because he was really embarrassed about that and I was like don't worry about it I'm not gonna do anything I was just I just I don't care um what you do or whatever but um but I just I just noticed I noticed those kind of things and I've seen that um the thing that I have noticed also in some in my practice is I've had clients who have come in who've had uh starseed origins as certain reptoid species and they have a bad case of psoriasis 
or some kind of skin disorder. Okay. And it's a very consistent thing. Um, and so, uh, have you ever, uh, gotten that in any of your aliens among us cases where um certain aspects of the different star state origins of that dna does come through in their human dna in some way shape or form it's just kind of covered up, up under some kind of weird medical diet diagnosis i've never uh, i've never personally seen that or experienced that but i do actually work from a, a often a point of view of green or that sort of thing so it's less physically oriented yeah, um, I know personally, I have had dream relations with a being that is somewhat similar, like represents the lineage of Asclepius, right? And until I found peace with that, I personally experienced a um, eczema, right? The, the scaly, uh. fluffy skin and that sort of thing. And, uh, this being actually informed me that it was a sort of a expression of the Pleiadian consciousness through Alpha Centauri. Um, with pain. Yeah or whatever and came here and i had i actually as one branch of that consciousness had an interaction with it that shifted these things i'm grateful i don't experience eczema anymore uh, yeah okay <laughs> there, you go. there you go yeah it's funny because when when um when my clients sometimes especially through hypnosis or even through dreamscape because i'll send them a meditation just to listen to when they go home and they'll go into dream and then they'll wake up with some kind of element that is directly tied some kind of physical reaction or element um, that is directly tied to whatever alien species that they were talking to. So like if somebody, uh, I had somebody recently who, um, like I said, she was a, um, a dolphin humanoid type um, from the Sirius constellation in another lifetime. And afterward, she just felt really clammy all over just really clammy and really really warm and she just wanted to go just sit in cold water and i said well you know dolphins are mammals and they're actually really warm to touch because i swim with a lot of dolphins they're really warm to touch it's like it's like hugging a, somebody who just wor- worked out they're really they're, they're not cold so she's like oh i felt like it but you know but those you you feel some of those characteristics and those traits of the other lives that or the other collectives that you are part of when you get into that zone and i've noticed that with clients as well um so in the exo metaverse website i love that research keep doing that part so in the exo metaverse website you guys depict four top ways for making contact right now that people can do so they are in dreams meditation or hypnosis hypnosis is also meditation and you actually offer that service as well um it could be in person or it can be with plants like psychedelics. Uh, what technique do you typically recommend people when they first want to try to start to dabble into first contact through consciousness? Yeah, um, two things I recommend. One again is the, that sense of dream incubation experience. So this is this is an experience that I, I recommend anyone doing. And if they're listening, they can do it very simply in the next thirty seconds by inviting themselves to say, do I have any reservations about contact? Why am I doing this? And accepting the fact that whatever motivation you have is probably good enough to make contact so long as it's heartfelt, right? So if you have a heartfelt desire to make contact or even intellectually curious about that, you can do that. So uh, saying, yes, I want to do that is step one. 
then saying step two is just being open, right, to the experience. So the contact may come in the form of a dream, meditation, vision, synchronicity, omens, and then might come across your path, whatever. Be open to that. And the third step around that is building the force. So that's around taking action upon that contact. So if your action is in alignment with principles of non-harm, with the cosmic law of one, so you're not impinging on anyone's free will, your actions sort of invite a deeper embodiment of this peace, love, unity consciousness, then first contact will be made simply by going through those steps. And if you, if you want to do that, just simply make that commitment in yourself to go through those steps of inviting contact, opening up to it, and then doing something about it. Um, an easy way to do that, actually, I would recommend is also through the CE5 protocols as put forward by Steve Greer. And just know that these protocols are actually uh, much longer, have a much longer history than what is presented by Stephen Greer, but mm -hmm. he is popularizing it so we can use that term CE5 to sort of refer to human initiated contact. And so that's simply probably a five to 10 med minute meditation, reaching out, inviting mm -hmm. contact and observing what happens. And you'll, you'll oftentimes see orbs or UFOs or People have energy, like anything comes up out of that. Those mm -hmm. are yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, the funny, the funny thing I always, I, I always get asked is, you know, because you'll see lights and then you'll see lines of lights and they, they don't know if that's a UFO or they're collective or if that's just basically the lights of planes. You know, what can you tell people um, in terms of difference so that they're not just thinking one thing is, a UFO where it could actually be a plane. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I love to share a really, really brief story about I went yep. for a walk. I saw in I saw a flash in the sky, right? I go, oh my God, that's a UFO. And I'm like, oh, that's not a UFO. That's uh, and I, I had all this telepathic communion. I, I had all this telepathic communication. They said it's like we're a mothership, we're appearing this way. Dreams are dreams are in consciousness are primary aspects of technology. Here's all this information. And then it looked to me like a uh, stupa, right? It looked to me like a stupa. In the Ooh, that's a dramadin. That's a dramadin. So what happened was I go, oh, wait, no, those are just clouds. And it's being illuminated by the sun rising up. But I was like, oh, but please just send me a, a confirmation, right? That this is something real. And it just it disappeared, right? And nothing true. happened. I get um. back and my wife, Goes, oh my God, I had this dream where I saw a big Buddha sculpture above a mountain. And at the base of it, Star Trek, Star Trek characters were explaining to me the nature of reality. And I was like, that's exactly literally more or less what happened to me with these clouds and light. So I would yeah. actually caution that the sense of, I would say the sense of uh, both the openness to the telepathic communion, which is a, a mo more or less a, absolutely a major component of a physical sighting. If I hear about a physical sighting, I actually want to know about the psychic communication. Yeah. More, that's actually more meaningful. We ask people about it. It's more meaningful. It's a more objective phenomenon, actually, is the psychic communication than looking up in the sky. So the sense of disambiguating, is it a satellite or not? Yeah. We, we need to know that when people perceive UFOs, two people of different frequencies may actually physically see two different types of craft. Mm -hmm. right? My, I, I had an experience two weekends ago where one group of people was like, 
oh my God, look at that up in the sky. Nothing was happening to us and vice versa. But we were 40 feet away hearing mm -hmm. each other, seeing the lasers pointed out in the sky. So there's something happening. And so I would recommend people to get a sense of discernment within themselves about psychic communication. These things are real, mm -hmm. absolutely real. And so pragmatic steps towards that um, might include CE5 and like seeing what comes Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of a little bit envious of you. You, you actually saw, you might have saw, saw a, a Vimana, a Vimana craft. Because they, they look like the Vimana crafts uh, in, like in, uh, in Hindu artwork is, is the kind of looks like the top of a, a Buddhist um, structure uh, building. Um, but that's a, a Vimana crafts in um, Hinduism and, and they are synonymous in um, Southeast Asian cultures, art history in Buddhist art. But um, I typically see in the clouds uh, when I'm, you know, occasionally I see pyramid clouds. Have you seen pyramid clouds? Like a time traveler pyramid clouds. No, I haven't. I I haven't actually seen time traveling pyramid clouds, but I oh again, okay I like cloud experience. But, and it did look like a vamana in my mind's eye. But it yeah, yeah, physically perceived it was actually physically a cloud. Yeah, but yeah. There was a sense of gravity that I would say is like absolutely that makes sense to me. That I mean, these things can float and move. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, in in in, in Buddhist in in Buddhist um artwork when they when they have depictions of vimanas there's always un clouds around it so they're supposed to look kind of like a vimana cloud um but you know it's funny because then the shapes are like almost exact it, it's it, so it's like it's still the shape is still there it's just kind of ironic that the shape is looking like a vimana cloud <laughs> so it's kind of one of those uh, mysteries but that's how that's what they, they do it in in the artwork as well but the clouds that i see is a cloud shape and i've driven around and seen all sides it looks like a pyramid <laughs> it looks like a cloud pyramid so and i'm trying to take some pictures but it's usually right before it's right before i have to meet with a client and i'm like i don't have to time to be investigating you right now you always come right before a client and i have to go and meet my client and go meet go home so i'm like oh you guys always get me the wrong time um i can never catch you but that's what i get so i was i was when you said that i was wondering about like oh you get vimanas and i get the the pyramids what's what's the where's the mission <laughs> where's the mission for what's the mission with these two these two entities because they're different companies <laughs> so, but okay well that sounds like fun uh, you're getting some really good stuff and you're getting some confirmation some very interesting stuff so for people who are ready for that that's you know into to really get into the world of star seeds um multi-dimensional consciousness and beginning obviously with the fifth dimension um and then building in that fifth dimensional earth and above um what is your last message you want to give to people so if they want to really get into this work and incorporate it into their life yeah um you know it's just uh, i would say uh some advice right this stuff is real right so this is very very real so one of the things i do recommend to people who are interested in ET contact is prepare yourself you know, so prepare yourself in terms of meditation practice, uh, vibration frequency, right? Like if you have 
uh, cheeseburger, factory farm cheeseburger in your stomach and have that counter, you probably will throw that up or something like that. There will probably be a physiological response. So you can do yourself a huge favor and get ahead of that by just meditating and, and working on raising the body. And the, the final thing I would end with is why we're doing this. Like, what is the purpose? In this case, I found the formula of embodiment, peace, love, and unity consciousness for the benefit of others, including myself, right, is the purpose. And all of the sense of starseed wars or reptilian humanoids or transhumanism or all of the dark themes that may emerge uh, related to this will go away when that uh, intention is held and towards that embodiment of the peace, love, and unity consciousness. And in fact, that is a key to relating to the starseed aspects. There's, and, and with the, with the starseeds, right, is like we see there are, I, I say there's people and agenda behind every starseed. Like I, I, I deduce, right, there's a dozen or more people with agendas behind them, actively working in some magical way to support them. And so really that key to engaging with them is understanding. Mm. The purpose is around embodiment. Like we're here in the earth plane for a reason. And that involves having a body. And that involves and the best thing to do is peace of unity consciousness in service of others and yourself, but like for others, that Mahayana Buddhist perspective, I think, is one of the best and most effective things to help build this build this world together. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I you know, I w- I would also say that you have to open not open your mind and open your heart, but really just open your your energy field to a greater reality. Um, because there's nothing, you're not going to be able to comprehend it. Okay. When you get into the multidimensionality and you get into this higher consciousness, you, the human consciousness is not going to ever be able to comprehend it. So don't even try to understand and analyze it and comprehend it. Those are fun things to do. When you get to those levels, all you're able to do is experience it. That's it. You just experience it. That's all. You experience the the, the energy. So I love that, Daniel. Well, thank you for offering your services and your unique research approach to helping like-minded people reach the highest frequency here on Spaceship Earth. For more information about the Daniel Reckon's uh, hypnosis offerings, please visit his website, CosmicDreamHypnosis.com. And then for more information on the ET contact research that him and his brothers and many other enlightened um, people are working on, visit their website, which is exometaverse.org. And again, thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes 
and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.